This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Yeah, I, I, was, I was today years old when I found out that Travis and Kylie weren't together anymore. Yeah, this is why Giovanni oh. played this, because yeah. we were talking about Travis Scott in the break. And Cece said, yeah, I'm really rooting for Travis Scott and, and Kylie Jenner. I like them together. I was like... They broke up. She's with Timothy Chalamet. Right. <laughs> Years ago, crushed, right? crushed, crushed. He was really upset. Crushed. The, the way that he responded was just, I mean, he was like, what? Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> what is and Timothy Chalamet, unbeknownst to me until recently, was the kid in um, Homeland. Was this, Did you guys watch Homeland no. on the show? Oh, okay. oh Claire Danes? No. He's Willie he's Willy yeah. Walker, right? Yeah, he's Willie Willy Walker. Walker. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying when he was a little kid, he was on this show on, on Homeland on Showtime, which was a great show. And it was one of those things where they realized, like, after the first season, like, we don't need these characters. And they just, like, disappear. Like, you never see them again. And he was that guy oh. uh, early on in his life. And, uh, yeah. Now he's Tim- with Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Sorry, Cece. What, yeah. <laughs> what a glow up. Sorry. What a glow up. What a glow up. I'm just heartbroken. Now. I'm just, wow. I know. Wow. I'm pretty I know. sure it's been years. No? Okay. It might, it might have been. It's news to me. I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not E. I'm not page six. I don't have all the tea. Uh-huh. Just, I just don't have Oh, it. but the tea with Cece would be a good gossip blog. That would be, wouldn't it? Wouldn't tea it with I mean, I was heartbroken, though, when you just told me that. I know, I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I guess that's how 49ers fans and Brock Purdy fans are going to feel after Sunday. Why? Because you think they're not going to win? I'm they're going to be saying, heartbroken? If it, if, it, if it doesn't happen, I mean, they are the favorites to win. They oh, should God. win. But if it doesn't happen, you're just kind of left to wonder where, where are all the people on the Brock, band, Brock Purdy bandwagon going to go? Right here, like, sitting where, to your right. Where, 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 where do those broken hearts go? <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't be right know. here. Where do all the broken hearts go? I, I, I just don't know. He hasn't done enough to prove that he's really good for you guys. Like, he hasn't done, an, I know, small. What's things. really good? That's the thing. What's Top really, 10. Let's not be arbitrary. What is really good? Top 10. I, I, I think that's still a debate. I don't think definitively he's a top 10 player. I have him in my top 10, but there are guys on the outside looking in that would have a case to be made. Jordan Love and Matt Stafford included. So I mean, they're, like they're, they're, again, a good one. I, again, oh, here she goes again, Miss Packer over there. He is Hello. a good one. Hello, they had the 49ers I, on the ropes. They should have beaten them. Good. He's been, he was unbelievable down the stretch. Regardless of what happens Sunday, I feel good about him in the top ten. I, I really, I don't even think that's a bold statement. I but really if you don't. had to pick one quarterback for the next five years, you'd pick Brock Purdy over Jordan Love. Yeah, right now. Wow. No, I think Jordan Love's awesome. Awesome. I'll but make that I, bet with you. Yeah, I mean, of course, because you're a Packers fan. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, Jordan, over there. Jordan Love has done something that Brock Purdy hasn't, which is win a road playoff game. Like, so, I mean, like we, we saw, and he just didn't just win it. So we he, penalize he him blew, for being the he one blew, seed he blew, he blew the doors off. No, I'm not saying we penalize him for being the one seed, but I do think it provides some context around Brock Purdy and why he's been able to have success. The team around him is really, really good. Yeah. They're really good. Are there a lot of teams that have gone to the Super Bowl that the team around the quarterback is not really no, good? No, but I'm just saying that there are quarterbacks that are the catalyst that are the driving force in there, and there are quarterbacks that do a really good job of what's put around him. I would think that Brock falls into the latter category. So when we're talking about top 10 players at the position, then I would I would weight the guys that are the catalysts more than I would weight the guys that are viewed as the distributors. Yeah, to do the, the Charles Barkley, we know that Patrick Mahomes is the bus driver. No doubt. You could make an argument that someone other than Brock Purdy has been the bus driver at times for this. Yeah, I mean, people offense. people keep trying to say that Brock Purdy is an elite player, and I just I, how is any elite player? He's not even a top five player on his team. He's not a top five player on his own team. We're going to call him elite. What are we doing? Terry Bradshaw that's the part was not that a top is, five player in that, his own that, team that's in a, the Hall of Fame. Oh, 
okay, and he's got four Super Bowl rings, yeah. but nobody's going to mistake him for Joe Montana. But he was so not I mean, a top five player in his own team. I, I agree with I agree with that. All I'm simply saying is we're sitting here calling this dude elite, and I'm just like, before he wins a championship, before any of those things, I'm like, hold on, let's pump the brakes, let's see what he does. All right, let's see what happens in the game on Sunday. But if they come up short, I, I think it's still on the board on whether or not we can call him a top 10 player at the position. The I don't whole, think that's wild. The whole top five on their own team is an interesting thing because of the value of the position that these guys play, right? The value of the quarterback is so much greater than the value of any other position. Like, I wonder, Troy Aikman's one of the best quarterbacks uh, you know, of our lifetime. If Troy Aikman was sitting here right now and we asked him, were you a top five player in the Cowboys? I'm not comparing him to Purdy. I'm talking about that argument in general. I, I actually would be curious. Would he say yes on that? Well, here's the they thing. Troy so Aikman won three I rings. I know. Brock ain't got one yet. I'm Can not the guy comparing get one? Him. You just did. No. Nope. bringing up Troy Aikman's name. What I said was, I'm not comparing Brock Purdy to Troy Aikman. I think the concept of top five player on your own team is an interesting argument mm-hmm. because of the value of the quarterback is so much greater. Yeah. So separately... Brock Purdy and Troy Aikman, I agree. They're not in the same conversation. Yeah. Neither is Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. Separate. The veer-off. Is that concept in general, which was started by Cam Newton, of he's not even, he's the 10th best player on the team. Fine, we had that conversation. If you look back historically, which is what we always do this week, we look back historically at Super Bowls. Yeah. The top five on their own team is an interesting conversation because Troy Aikman is freaking awesome. But so is Michael Irvin. So is Emmett Smith. So are guys, Eric Williams on that offensive line, mm-hmm. right? Leon Lett on that sure. defense. Like, we're talking about guys that are just amazing. Yeah, but, yeah, but I- here's the thing. You don't have to be a top five player on your team as a quarterback in order to win a Super Bowl. We saw that with Nick Foles. Right. Like, Nick Foles was the backup quarterback during the regular season for the most part and then had an incredible playoff run. Nobody can take that away from him. Made some huge throws in the Super Bowl, but nobody was going to call Nick Foles a top five player on the 2017 Eagles, just like nobody was going to say Nick Foles was a top ten player at the position as much as it was a feel-good story. So I just think – we have to be careful with, with going too far on the, on the opposite end of the extreme when it comes to how good of a player Brock Purdy is. And the thing that frames it for me is what we saw Kyle Shanahan do with Jimmy Garoppolo, who we know not to be a good quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, we know that. So I, just, I, I guess that's the part that I, makes me hesitate a little bit, and that's why I don't think it's as clear-cut as you do in terms of where he ranks as starting quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, and it's a very unusual situation if you're even looking at teams that have been in the Super Bowl over recent years. There's no question that the quarterback is either the number one guy or the t- on the team, or at least in the top three, right? Like Jalen Hurts last year. Yeah. He was in the MVP conversation, he, yeah. He's certainly in that, that conversation. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, there's no question that he's the best player on the team, or at least top three you're going to have. Matt Stafford Matt when Stafford he Matt Stafford with yeah. the Rams. I mean, you could. the list goes on. So this is a little bit of a Matt risk. Stafford was the best player on the Rams? He was, no, top I said three. One, yeah, he's certainly top five. Okay. All right, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Aaron yeah. Donald probably yeah, was. Aaron Donald's <laughs> the best player on the team. Yeah. It has been for a really long time. He's, but Matt Stafford wasn't far behind. Right, and, and I just want to be clear. Aaron Donald is one of the best to ever do it at his if we have a quarterback that's great as, let's call it B-plus or better, automatically he's the best player on the team in my eyes because an A-plus defensive lineman offense is not as valuable as a B-plus quarterback to me, right? So Aaron Donald is better at his job than Matthew Stafford is at his, but Matthew Stafford was really good, so obviously that position carries such weight in this league. I'm, the reason I like Brock Purdy so much is very simple. 
He's asked to do a job, and he does it perfectly. He's not asked to do what he can't do, right? Lamar has to do things that Brock Purdy doesn't have to do. Mahomes has to do things that Brock Purdy doesn't have to do. What I have, I'm not comfortable doing is holding against him that he doesn't play for another team in another system on the road, and he's not asked to do things that he's not asked to do. I am but hold on. What he's asked to do matters in terms of comparing him to other quarterbacks in this league. And I think that's that you're going to have to pay him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, because he's not asked to do what Joe Burrow's asked to do, what Mahomes is asked to do, what Allen is asked to do, what Lamar Jackson is asked to do, that changes how we view him in terms of where we rank him. So that, that, that does matter. But I think he's getting to a point where he's being asked to do more and more. He's how just do we, in year but how, two. I guess how do we know that based on what's around him? Like well, that's the part that – like that's the part that 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 I don't know that we can make that leap with, and that's why I have problems with people trying to frame it as if the 49ers are some underdog. And it's not just you. We just had my Tannenbaum in studio in the seven o'clock hour, and he called the 49ers the underdog in this game. I get that the Chiefs are the reigning defending champs, but when you compare these two rosters, independent of the quarterback, there is no comparison. San Francisco has the better. They had seven All Pros on their team this year. Seven. And that's not including Nicky Bosa and Debo Samuel. Like, the, 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 I mean, th- that's the kind of talent that they have. So to frame it as them being some kind of underdog, I just don't agree with, even though they're at a huge deficit when it comes to the matchup with quarterbacks. Here's the reality of the underdog conversation. There is no underdog in the Super Bowl. There have been Super Bowls historically where you look at it and you say, oh, that team's an underdog. Oh, yeah, the 07 Giants were an where underdog. You were not, well, not you. That, well, yeah, you were an team. underdog the second time, too. You were too. an underdog yeah. the second time, too. Yeah, there are teams that you have looked at in the Super Bowl and say they're an under. I, I know they won, but when Nick Foles is going up against Tom Brady, the Philadelphia Eagles were an underdog, sure. okay? I don't think there's an underdog in this Super Bowl. I think that's maybe the core of the conversation is that we're debating this and you have one team that is literally favored by ESPN bet with the Niners and the other team has maybe what's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, but see, that's the part of this that's interesting to me. It's fascinating because it feels like people are greasing the skids by wanting to frame the 49ers as the underdog because we know if the team does come up short, Brock Purdy will probably be the reason why. Because of the deficit that you have between the quarterbacks, the disparity in the QB matchup in this actual game. Like, if the Chiefs win, it'll be because of the greatness of Pat Mahomes and the inexperience of Brock Purdy because this is his first full season as the starter. That's the part that bothers me when everybody for the last month has been propping Brock Purdy up to be exactly what you believe he is, which is a top 10 player at the position. That's where I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. You were handed the keys to a Ferrari. They had this unwavering belief that you could be the guy. That's why they got rid of Trey Lance. They got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. This is essentially your show. So as you said, Smalls, the expectation is that you compete at a championship level. I'm not going to say that you're off the hook just because you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. They believe that you represented the best chance for them to win a championship, which might include beating Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to go out there and do that. Oh, yeah. And Vegas says that you're the favorite. Go out there and win the damn game. You're nobody's underdog. Let's be clear. If Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers lose, it's going to be viewed as a failure. Whether they were – well, first of all, yes, they're favored in the game. And top to bottom, talent-wise, they have what we would deem to be a better team. 
if Brock Purdy loses this game, we're going to give him the Josh Allen treatment. We're going to give him the Lamar Jackson treatment. I don't think it's a built-in excuse for him, but I think it's important to acknowledge that it's pretty hard to call Patrick Mahomes an underdog. And it's pretty hard to call the reigning Super Bowl champions yes. underdogs, even if Vegas dictates And I hear everything that you're saying, but I, I listened to Lou Riddick yesterday, and he was talking about how he can't wait to see people twist themselves into a pretzel that, that were Brock Purdy doubters or detractors. And, and to that, I would say, if the 49ers lose, I can't wait to see Lewis Riddick and others twist themselves into a pretzel and explain how the favorite in the Super Bowl lost the game. Uh, they're going to jump on. It's already it's already set up for them to jump on the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. That is the golden parachute for everybody on the Brock Purdy bandwagon when they're jumping off. And my whole point is I'm not letting them off the hook. The 49ers are the favorite they need to go out and win this game, and Brock Purdy is going to have to play a role in it. And if it doesn't happen, I think it's fair to view Brock Purdy differently. It's fair to scrutinize the 49ers' unwavering commitment to him moving forward. I'm not sold that he's the franchise guy if he doesn't win on Sunday. I'm just not. And so that's what what's at stake for Brock Purdy in this game. If you believe you're the long-term answer, if everybody believes that he's a top-10 player at the position, go out there and prove it. You clearly have the better roster. Go out there and prove it by winning a damn game. If we're going to blindly, and I know we got a break here, if we're going to blindly say that if the Niners lose, it's likely because of Purdy, then we also have to blindly say if they win, it's likely because of Purdy. Right? I mean, the opposite then has to be true in that spot. How much pressure is on the Niners, and who is the underdog? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who do you guys consider the underdog for the Super Bowl this weekend? We'll get your calls in coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. As we're listening to this and watching this, CeCe's trying to butter us up. Say, look at that play by Purdy. Now you're back on the Purdy bandwagon? It was a great play. He got out of of the sack. They sent a nickel blitzer. He got out of it, and then he rolled to his left and threw a dime to Kyle Juszczyk for a first down. That was a great play. So was it a great play from a great player? No, I I think good players can make great plays at times. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like, you know how I am with that word great. I know. Like, I don't want to call Josh Allen great. Well, so I, I'm, don't damn, worry. I'm damn sure I'm not going to call Brock Purdy great, not just Will yet. Will you call him great if he wins the Super Bowl? No, he's, he's a good quarterback. Okay. He, I, I think he goes from good to really good. Just was curious now, if your now, mindset, listen, with he wins mindset two, would He shift. wins two Super Bowls, then I got to call him great. Okay. He wins two Super Bowls, I got to call him great. Is but, Joe Burrow great? No. Yeah, Joe Burrow's great. He's great. He's, he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. They ain't made the playoffs. I mean, they hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years since before he got there. <laughs> he took him to the Super Bowl in his first year that he completed. Like it's just, I he's got a lot of weapons too, though. To the, be fair, I'm not but saying the only he doesn't have a lot of weapons, but he, he's got sacked a whole lot too. He doesn't have the best offensive line on the planet. Like 
like Brock Purdy does. And hasn't for years. Yeah, yeah. Dennis in Delaware watching on ESPN. You, what's up, Dennis? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Chris, I believe in momentum, and I think Vegas got it wrong on this on this line. They got it wrong in Super Bowl three when the Jets were 17 points underdogs, and I think they got it wrong here. Just so much momentum for Kansas City. It's not a physical thing, but it's a mental thing. Pat Mahomes is gonna is a winner, and I believe I believe Kelsey's playing better because Taylor Swift's up in the box. There's just so much momentum. San Francisco doesn't have the momentum. And the last thing I wanted to include, a great ESPN personality to host a party, and it should be a woman, Hannah Storm, with her husband nice. Dan Hicks. I think I think they have a lot of great great friends in that party, that's for sure. Nice. But momentum is real. Dennis, well, Dennis, I'm with you. And for ESPN party hosts, how can we leave out Christine Lisi? With oh, Lisi treats? That's like That's why I'm looking forward to going up to Bristol Today, so we can do the show Thursday and Friday from ESPN headquarters. The Lisi treats. We fumbled. Like, 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 like that's. Like, I'm, I'm here Big for it. That's what I'm looking. That's why I'm excited to drive for three hours. I want to go to get the Lisi treats. Like that's that's what it's all about. I hope they're still there by the time we arrive, though. Those goes. Those treats go quickly. I got. I got to shoot a DM to Christine Lisi. I, I got to make sure we got some Lisi treats. I got. I got to make sure we got the Lisi treats on decks. I mean, she gave us the little teaser oh. yesterday with some pre-Super Bowl Lisi treats out there. I, I got to get the Lisi treats when I'm up there. Got to. Thank you for that it's reminder. I told her next time I saw her, I was going to bring her something and uh, for the baking stuff. So good. That okay. was a good what reminder. Are you Here we go. I got you. Well, my wife had a, ba- a baking business for a little bit, and she was hired years ago to put out a holiday baking magazine where she baked, wrote, photographed. And did this whole thing all across the Incredible. country. So I told her I would bring her one next time I saw her. So that good reminder. There just we put go. it in the phone there. Um, the one thing, though, <laughs> that I, I just – in terms of, of what he's saying here, the momentum and all that kind of stuff with Vegas, yeah, I mean – is that is that how Vegas looks? I feel like that's not how Vegas looks at it. That's how we as fans could look at it. Sure. Is Vegas factoring in momentum in this kind of stuff? No, I think he was saying he factors in momentum. And I will agree to an extent that there are some things that we just can't quantify – but I don't know. I don't know that Vegas gets it wrong a whole lot because you don't have those shiny buildings in the desert in Nevada without them winning a lot of money. Yeah, the don't house they have the, don't they have wins. the saying the house always wins? Yeah. Like uh, against again, if you keep playing long enough, the the house is going to win. Like Correct. Vegas, Vegas is in the business of making money. They're not going to have these lines too far off from what we should expect in the game. And what they're telling us is it's going to be a closely contested game. And in a closely contested game, I think most fans would say, give me Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy. I think that's why people have trouble squaring the peg of the Chiefs being the underdog. But to the point about momentum, which one of these teams has looked better throughout the playoffs? I'd argue that it's the Chiefs. Yeah. I thought the Packers should have won that game versus San Francisco. The Lions had a 17-point lead. It almost feels like San Francisco was a benefactor in a lot of ways to the other teams not being able to execute and while they're while why they're here. Whereas when it comes to the Chiefs, they were dominant against the Ravens. So I I don't know. I I certainly put that into effect when I'm trying to pick this game is the momentum. It's a real thing. Matt and Scranton watching on ESPNU. What's up, Matt? Morning, folks. Hope you're doing well today. My question is this about concerning Birdie with Joe Burrow. I'd love to know the difference of Burrow, if, Bur- if Purdy goes and loses the Super Bowl on Sunday, what's the difference between his start of the career and Burrow's start, his first two years when 
Burrow lost the Super Bowl in his second year and kind of only had an average game yeah. in that well, Super Bowl. Well, well, Burrow would have beaten Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl, so there's that part of it. But then also, the team just wasn't as good. The team wasn't as good. I mean, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl in 2019. When's the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl? Boomer Esiason? <laughs> 1989. Yeah, so like, uh, that's the difference. You want to know the difference? That's the difference. The Bengals didn't win a playoff game for 30 years. 30. That's the difference. <laughs> in terms of the actual numbers comparatively, they're not dis- that dissimilar, right? So Burrow's first two seasons, he played in 26 games. Team record in games he started was 12-13-1. He had 47 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. Um, Brock Purdy, first two seasons, he played in 25 games. Team record in games he started was 17-4, and four, so team was better around him, obviously, and with him. Uh, 44 touchdowns, three less, and 15 interceptions, four less. So, I mean, not that dissimilar in terms of numbers, and one was the first pick in the draft, one was the last so pick So we're in the saying draft. Brock Purdy and Joe Burrow are not that dissimilar? I'm within not. The, within oh, their God. first two years is what the question was. So I'm fine saying that. In their first two years, right, they both had all-world receivers, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, right? All world receivers. They had an all pro running back in Joe Mixon at the time. Um, he didn't have Trent Williams. He got sacked the most of any quarterback that year they went to the Super Bowl. It was amazing. That he and that was coming off of a year where he got cut in half and he missed half the year. Yeah, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow's not better. Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy, but he asked about. I think the first what Joe Burrow seasons. has done in the first two years of his career is better than what Brock Purdy has done in the first two years of his career. Unless Purdy wins on Sunday. Right? I mean, one has a Super Bowl win and the other one doesn't. And they both would have beaten Mahomes. One of three quarterbacks then in the postseason, Brady with the other one. Yeah, but to say that now as opposed to on Monday when the 49ers you know, have the confetti fall on them, that's, that's it's totally wild to me. I, I just I, I completely disagree. Coming up, one person on this uh, set over here doesn't like the Super Bowl matchup. How would we script it differently? We'll get to that next. Done Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So as we're sitting here hyping Super Bowl 58, there is someone who would rather see two other teams in this game. Hi, Smalls. Hi, guys. What's going on? (laughs) All right, give it to us. Let's hear it. 
You don't think this matchup is a little anticlimactic and a little bit of a snooze fest? Considering the fire we've had back and forth this morning, I don't think so. So who's the anti-hero in this matchup? Who's the anti-hero? Well, it would have to be the Chiefs, right? Oh, okay. If Brock Purdy's the underdog, he'd be the hero. But think about the He's matchup. trying to do a Taylor Swift reference. I you didn't know. pick up on that? <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of another song to go back at him, but I'm not a Swifty. I didn't have the catalog at the okay, top right. of the line. <laughs> Let me help you. Let me, the karma would have been with the Lions. Hmm? The karma would have been with the Lions. And you could have had the Lavender Haze of the Ravens. Huh? They're a royal purple, but I'll let it slide. There okay. we go. Well, that's better than what you offer. Right. Right. I didn't offer anything. I mean, come that's on. Right. That's right. You're right. You're Welcome right. to New York. Okay, we got some bad blood brewing between Clearly. the two of us, obviously. <laughs> but think about the matchup we could have had. Detroit, the Lions competing for their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Dan Campbell and that fiery group. It would have been unbelievable. I think America would have rallied around Detroit. And I don't know if the state of Michigan could have handled that. Like you win, have that much you, success you win, at once. You win the college football playoff, and then the Detroit Lions are in the Super Bowl. Oh. I don't know. If, I don't know if Michigan can handle it. I think they would be good for a long time. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but Detroit, obviously, to me, was the more intriguing team to come out of the NFC. And mm-hmm. for all this talk that we have about Patrick Mahomes being peerless, if Lamar Jackson would have been able to defeat the Chiefs, and he was competing for a Super Bowl. He's in that conversation more than he was had they lost, which they did. So to think that we could have Detroit going for their first Super Bowl and have the feel-good story around that, and Jared Goff, who the Rams cast off, and now he has another opportunity to to compete in a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, and Lamar Jackson being right there potentially with Patrick Mahomes, or at least more in the conversation, that to me has far more intrigue than this matchup that we're seeing. So, so let me ask you this question. W- which team is the more disappointing loss and why they're not in the Super Bowl? The Ravens. Is, it's the Ravens? Well, I don't know. The Lions I'm about to say, the way, the way the Lions the lost, like the way the, the way the Lions lost, right, with all of the fourth down conversions that failed and having a huge lead and dominating that game. You are 24-7. 24-7. But the Ravens were dominant all year. Yeah, that's fair. They were that's at fair. home. They were rolling. As people. you're selling this Super Bowl, I'm so glad we have the Chiefs and the Niners. got to be honest. Why? I have, uh, that Super Bowl I have no interest in. The one you just the I, Lions competing for a I would Super have Bowl. No you have no the Lions interest. are a bigger underdog than Brock Purdy. Uh, yes, I understand they are, that. They are a more like like I, I can't even I Lions can't even. Ravens not as exciting as Niners Chiefs. I have two rooting interests: the show and the Patriots. Patriots are long gone. Yeah. What was best for the show in theory, as much as all of us would probably not want to admit this. Were the Buffalo Bills getting to the Super Bowl? Because we've all been so in on Josh Allen not being on that level. That wouldn't have been good for us. It would have been great for oh, us. I would have loved been, it. That, 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 would, that it. wouldn't have been good for me. If we're talking about Josh Allen versus Brock Purdy, can the Super Bowl end in a tie? <laughs> I, don't well, want to, okay. I don't want either one. So you just, <laughs> that would have been the CC's worst night. Perfect, oh, worst perfect nightmare. lead in. Perfect I'll lead never in. hear the end of it on Twitter. So Adam Schefter yesterday tweeted out the following. Regarding Sunday's Super Bowl matchup, CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus quit the NFL has alerted us that for the first time ever, we will have a double overtime game in the Super Bowl. He's leaning into the script writing of the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. So I thought we'd do the same. At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Write the script. Best case scenario, how do you want it to end? Like, for example, I'll start it off. Because I, I, I'm not anti-Mahomes in any way, shape, or form. I'd love a Mahomes drive to give the Chiefs a six-point lead with a minute to go Niners get the ball, Purdy drives, game-winning touchdown, extra point. Niners win by one point. They win the game. They win the Super Bowl. That's how I would script it. Mine is simple. I want it to end in Taylor Swift getting the ring because that means that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes would have went back-to-back championships, and they would be getting rings too. 
Done. So you want everybody to get a ring? Well, except for the 49ers. Correct. But, yes. but I mean, but do, do you, you want, want Taylor? Be, or you want the whole? Do squad? you want it to be a blowout, or how do you want it to? How no. do you want it to go? No, I, no. I mean, we could have a little drama, a little theater to it. But in the end, Patrick Mahomes wins again, and then that means Taylor Swift wins again. I hope it's right down to the wire. I hope it's an exciting matchup. I think it's better for us if I'm going through the team us lens. If the 49ers win, if Brock Purdy is the reason why they win, if he has to engineer a drive to put them ahead and he gets the job done, I think that's better for us. I think it's better for us if we're having this goat debate about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, if he loses this one, because I think if he just wins this one and he continues on this trajectory, that's boring. I need a little bit of a stumble. Think about the winning from Patrick Mahomes is boring. Being the first team to go back to back, since the 03 04 Patriots is bored. That, that is. I'm not is minimizing crazy. the greatness. No, 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 or no, 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 it, But no, it's a little anticlimactic. Yeah, it's inevitable, right? It's like it's, gravity. You're it's expecting it. It's devoid at that point. of drama. Yeah. And sports are the greatest reality show that we have. If I can already just write in pen that Patrick Mahomes is going to get it done, it's not a great show to watch. I'm going to watch it, but it's not a fun show to watch. Because you're expecting that the Chiefs are going to win, win against the 49ers. Or Look at all the great shows in history, right? Yeah. The Sopranos, we talk about the ending all the time. Game of Thrones, we reference the Red Wedding. We love when things. The Red Wedding was cool. The ending of Game of Thrones was awful. That's the reason why I didn't mention the end. It's terrible. But we love those shocking, unexpected moments. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go out there and they dominate the 49ers, it's kind of boring. But in your script, if we're scripting the Super Bowl and Mahomes loses, then the GOAT debate is put on hold for a while. Like, he, he yeah. can't be 2-2 two and two and be a GOAT. He could be the best of his era. He could be peerless, as we've said. Smalls used that term initially. And we could sit there and say his career may already be better than Manning and Rodgers or Breeze or any of these great quarterbacks, but we can't have him in the same sentence as Brady if you're 2-2. Two and two. But the debate, I think, will continue to rage on on if he can get there. Whereas if I think he wins No, more, it dies for a while, I think. Uh, maybe it's on hold, but I think that if he wins, people are going to be over-the-top effusive that he's the greatest, yes. he's on this path. Agreed. And that is, again, less dramatic. It has less sizzle to me. If that happens, do you think Travis and Taylor make it? I mean, because if you're Taylor Swift, if you're Taylor <laughs> Swift, if you're Taylor Swift, I'm, 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 I'm just asking a question. Like, if you're Taylor Swift, you can't be with the loser, right? Like, it's just like, no, she, just, she just won her 13th Grammy on Sunday. She can't be with the loser. She can console him and then help him through the process of grieving the Super Bowl loss and be there and for break, him when they win. And they then break win. up with him? No, no, no. I know that you're if still. They don't, if they don't win again, is she going to stay with him? I know you're still upset about Kylie and Travis. Oh, Scott. No, I'm still hurt. But don't, by that. But don't still project hurt. it on Travis. I'm, I'm, project, I'm projecting it on that. <laughs> Don't project it on ESPN. Here's the crazy thing. I was I was looking at something online yesterday. They said the ads for Super Bowl Sunday, the the 32nd commercial spots, it has jumped, and people are paying upwards of six million dollars because for, of her for commercial time. Because more people are going to be tuned time. in. More people tuning in because of Taylor Swift. More people tuning in. She should in, get a cut of this. But also, right? Like, I'm just like, like, like there, man. If me sitting there is increasing your revenue, then where's my cut? But here's the thing, though, <laughs> right? Smalls. It's not only more people tuning in. You've said, since we started, you wanted to open doors for other people to come into this sports world. Yes. There's different purchasers that purchasers that are now watching and a different audience that maybe they're targeting that in a brand that wouldn't normally advertise in the Super Bowl may now look to the Super Bowl because, hey, I'm going to capture that audience. That's how impactful she has been. Oh, I'm sorry. Forbes has it now at $7 million. Seven. It'll go, it'll go for up. 30 seconds. I'm sure it's sold out by now, I would hope. Wow. All right, what's the script? How would you write the script for the Super Bowl considering everybody? 
everybody's leaning into the script. Mark in Miami listening on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Mark? Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Good morning, Mark. Good. Listen, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a tie ball game. Mahomes is driving. Fourth and goal from the three with five seconds left. And then all the lights go out in Vegas because Danny Oceans and the crew from Oceans are <laughs> <laughs> That would have been well great. done. That That's would be great. a great That's one. Great. That the, you, should, you don't know what we're talking about, do you? Well, I know the movie. <laughs> I realize that. I just I haven't seen by, it. But... I can tell by your look that you have no idea. Oceans are like, yeah, yeah I, the I'm, Vegas, familiar. I'm familiar. The Vegas lean-in is good great. for the script. That'd be great. Like, it would screw somebody up from a gambling out. perspective. That's awesome. Mike in Alabama listening on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. So, first and foremost, Chris Canty, uh, Happy New Year. Yes. <laughs> happy New Year, uh, CC. Great work. Come on, Mike. <laughs> but moving on. Uh, so I, I like the idea that we just heard of, uh, you know, fourth quarter, time's coming down, tie ball game, Mahomes is driving, pass to Kelsey, wide open, nothing but clear skies and grass in front of him, taking off for the win. Out of nowhere, Dwayne The Rock Johnson runs on the field, <laughs> takes out Kelsey, rips off his shirt, exposing the UFL logo on his chest as an advertisement for mm. the upcoming merger league. Uh, as the Super Bowl ends in a tie with Dwayne Rock Johnson getting arrested at advertisement for the UFL. Yeah, I can see that happening. That seems logical. I See, I like the conspiracy theories on this, on this script because of Vegas, because of all the stuff in Vegas. The league was so anti-Vegas and gambling for so long that it would, be, it would actually be comical if they were proven right because something crazy happened in this year's Super Bowl. Because it was in Vegas. All right, coming up, we have the pressure power rankings from CC. But first, this from CC on Granger. Oh, yes, for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Canty's NFL Power Rankings. Top five. Pressure. On them for Russia. the Super Bowl. Pete, uh... Coaches, players, executives. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Was that a little this Freddie list Mercury? Has a, this list has a little bit of everything. Okay. Russia. A little Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I didn't think about performance. I guess Usher would have to be honorable mention, right? It's pressure for him, knowing that Taylor Swift is in the house. It's in Vegas where he's had his residency. Uh-huh. Like he's gonna have to step up. But he did not make the top five people with the most pressure to win on Super Bowl Sunday. So we're going to kick this thing off with number five. Number five. Travis Kelsey. Why does Travis Kelsey have the most pressure to win? Because how can Taylor Swift say yes to the marriage proposal if he doesn't win? It just can't happen. 
It just can't happen. But beyond that, just looking at the football, Travis Kelsey is in the conversation for greatest tight ends of all time. And I think this win will cement his legacy as that. Uh, Being able to have three championships, I think it makes a difference when you compare him to some of the all-time greats, and the most recent of which to retire was Rob Gronkowski. So, yeah, I think Travis Kelsey has to get this done. This is the first time in, I think, eight seasons where Travis Kelsey hasn't eclipsed 1,000 yards in the regular season. He can make up for all of that with a huge postseason. So even though there might be a little bit of slippage in the way that he plays, we understand that you make your legacy in the playoffs and what better stage to do it than in the Super Bowl. So Travis Kelsey under pressure to get ring number three. Next. Number four. We got John Lynch, general manager for the San Francisco 49ers. And here's the thing. I get that Kyle Shanahan has final say over the roster, but John Lynch is one of the faces of a huge, huge decision that the 49ers made to trade up to get Trey Lance. They gave away three first-round draft picks only to jettison him a couple of years later and install Brock Purdy as their franchise guy quarterback that they took with the last pick in the draft in 2022. So they are under a lot of pressure to make that decision the right decision. And if they come up short in this spot, it puts a whole lot more scrutiny on all of the decisions that John Lynch has made for the San Francisco 49ers in his tenure. Next. Number three. Patrick Mahomes. Listen, it's go talk. He has no peers. He is quite literally peerless. There are no contemporaries that are even close to him from a resume standpoint. Multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowls. This is his, what, fourth Super Bowl in the last five years? Patrick Mahomes is going to have to get something done. He's going to have to make it happen in this game. And in order to maintain that GOAT trajectory, you know, winning three championships in six years goes a long way. We know Tom Brady won three in his first five. So Patrick Mahomes, in order to keep pace with the current GOAT that is Tom Brady, he's got to get this one done on Super Sunday, especially considering the quarterback that he's going up against on the other sideline. Next. Number two. Speaking of said quarterback, and it is Brock Purdy, right? Uh, Mr. Irrelevant last year, but... The playoff run coupled with the regular season success has changed the expectations. We are literally moving the goalposts in terms of what we need to see from Brock Purdy in order for him to definitively prove where he is as a quarterback in this league. A lot of people have him slated as a top 10. I have him as top 10 in the quarterbacks in my list. But in order to eliminate all debate and to get rid of all of the detractors, all of the naysayers, he needs to go out and win on Sunday, he has the superior team. Again, seven all-pro players on this team this year, five on the offensive side of the ball. Ain't but 11 guys on offense. He's got five all-pros around him. He's got to find a way to be able to win this game. And a lot of pressure is going to be on him because the San Francisco 49ers defense has not played well in the postseason. So here's looking at Brock Purdy as the second person that's under the most pressure to win on Super Sunday. But there can only be one number one on the list. Number one. That would be Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. For all of the perceptions around Kyle as being one of the best play designers, one of the best play callers, looking at how he uses personnel groupings to put defenses in a blender, this is the time where he's got to show up. And he's gotten out to notoriously slow starts in big games. He can't afford to allow his team, and specifically his offense, to get out to a slow start because we know that the head coach on the other sideline ain't going to let his team do that. 
And so Kyle Shanahan is under a lot of pressure to be able to get this thing done. He had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl in 2019, lost that game with the 49ers. As an offensive coordinator, had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl with an MVP, and Matt Ryan lost that Super Bowl. In order to get rid of the stink of the coach that blows big games in the biggest games, yeah, he's got to find a way to be able to win this one. So there it is. That's the list. Kyle Shanahan under the most pressure to win, followed by Brock Purdy. Patrick Mahomes checking in at three. John Lynch, four. And Travis Kelsey, five. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? Uh, no objections, no omissions. But you put Usher as honorable mention. May I bring an honorable mention to the table? Yes. We haven't talked about Andy Reid and the pressure for Andy Reid to win. I, obviously, the conversation is very different between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. But if we have all this talk or you know, there's murmurs about him maybe hanging it up soon – He's got a finite amount of time to win. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get back there in the amount of time that he's still going to be here. So I think there's pressure on Andy Reid to get it done, too. That's the name that I had. And that's the name that I thought was interesting that it was not on there. Because we talk about if Mahomes loses, he's 2-2, and right? And we would pause the GOAT conversation for him until he gets back there and probably wins it again at some point, maybe next year. Andy Reid would be 2-3. and Losing record in the Super Bowl. If we look at the great coaches of our era, Belichick has a winning record in the Super Bowl. Tomlin's one and one, right? Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's one and one. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton is one and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh one and zero. Oh. Now we're like, I'm not going to hold it against Andy Reid. Yeah, I was about to say that because it sounds like that's what you're doing. No, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about the LeBron thing. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. just thinking about like he would factually have a losing record. Parcells is what two and one. Two with the Giants, one with the Patriots. Yeah. They lost the one. I mean, just yeah. thinking of some of the great coaches, would any of our presumed peers for Reed have a losing record in the Super Bowl? And I understand there is a portion of that is that is penalizing him for getting there too yes. often. I understand that. But I'm just putting him in, in the comparison to others. Is there anyone else that would have a losing record in the Super Bowl of the peers that we would think with Andy Reid? Mm, a losing record in the big game. Right? I mean, no, Belichick yeah. is a winning rock. I mean, I'm just thinking about the guys that we would look at. If you want to put Kyle Shanahan as a closing in on his peers, he's one and one if he were to win on yeah. Sunday. I think that's the question is who's in the peer group? Well, I think I gave you the list. So I, I, that's ain't, why a low, ain't a whole lot that's of active, what I mean. There's ain't a whole lot of active head coaches that have one Super Bowl on their resume. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so, Let but alone I, multiple. That's yeah. why I do think there is some pressure because you don't – listen, you're, Andy Reid's the first ballot Hall of Famer. is one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. Yeah. But eh, you'd rather three and two than two and three. Oh yeah, you you rather it, look, it looks news. better. It looks better when you have a winning record in the big game. I guess my whole thing is with Andy Reid. He's taken two different franchises to a Super Bowl. He's been to what? How many conference championships? Nine? No, wait. Well, six here and Ele- five 11, there. So 11, eleven. Eleven conference championship games. He's got over a hundred wins with two different franchises. Ugh. Six straight conference championships. He's Ugh. ridiculous. But that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ugh. if he if he's considering walking away at some point soon. You don't know if they – yes, we slot them into the AFC Championship game every year because that's sure. quite literally where they are. Yeah, so to say that they're not going to get back there, I just feel like that's – that's. Well, just because you get back there doesn't mean you can win it. No, that's fair. But, I mean, of all of the teams that we've seen with the Chiefs, this is by far and away the most vulnerable. Big time. So, like, like I just don't anticipate that they're going to be in the same spot next year when they have more resources, more cap dollars, and more draft picks. Mm-hmm. So – but that's also why I think that we look at the Chiefs differently, and I, I don't think we should because I think they're so good, and we're like alleviating some of the pressure on them because we're saying Andy Reid's not even on the top five list of pressure to win. 
And I would say that once you're that great, there's even more pressure to win. So who are you talking off the list? John Lynch. You're taking John Lynch That's off the list? That's an easy one for me. Uh, and, and Travis Kelsey. Because okay. I don't look at the tight end. Mm-hmm. I, I look at the tight end position as insanely valuable. Yeah. I don't look at it. We never judge tight ends by how many Super Bowls they win. Right? We just don't do that. We judge quarterbacks but, 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 and Well, we coaches. don't do that, but I think it becomes a differentiating factor when you start talking about the greatest of all time. Like, yeah. you're, you're splitting hairs there when we start talking about the greatest tight ends of all time. But I think you and I agree on this one, where we look at Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski almost like they play two different positions, because one guy is an extra offensive lineman at times, and the other one is not. But that ain't gonna how it's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Both no, of them are going to be tight ends. I know, so, but like, you and I look at him more as a wide receiver than we do as a tight end. Which is why he needs the ring to close the gap, because I still think Gronk is probably ahead of Travis Kelsey when it comes to the pantheon of tight ends in the history of the NFL. So There are some people out there. <laughs> but if he marries Taylor Swift, then all of a sudden, you know, ring or not, if he marries Taylor Swift, he's he's ahead of Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> well, he'd get a ring. <laughs> yeah, he'd get a ring. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to get married if he doesn't win this year. He's got to win. He's got to win, win the Super Bowl. It's Come part up. of the NFL script. He's got to win. Some people actually think Patrick Mahomes is now boring. I don't understand how, but there are people out there who think that. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.